Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M I P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, there's about to be another impeachment trial. This will be a little bit different, of course, because the president is now former. And who better to talk to than our dear friend, no stranger. He's a senior correspondent with Vox right now, but he is the author of Injustices, the Supreme Court's history of comforting the comfortable and afflicting the afflicted. We should also mention uh, he was formerly with Think Progress. He was well known there. He also clerked for Judge Eric L. Clay of the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Sixth Circuit. Um, so he knows of what he speaks. Our dear buddy, Ian Milheiser, is back with us to start off, help start off this first month of the new year. Hey, man, how are you doing? I mean, I'm, I'm doing as well as I can, considering that I've been seeing the internal walls of my own home for way too much this year. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's driving us all crazy, but hey, you know, might as well get used to it. Looks like we'll be doing this a while longer. Yeah, um, it would seem. So, yeah, man, you're the perfect perfect person to talk to. So, what what happens now? You got a former president, right? Was the impeachment clause meant to do that? So, the short answer is that no one knows for sure. Um, there isn't a clear precedent for an impeachment of a former official. And then the, I mean, there, there have been former officials who've been impeached, but there's no clear precedent for someone being convicted. Um, and if you read the scholarship, while most scholars think that Trump can still have an impeachment trial after he's left office, there's, there's disagreement among scholars. 
that said, I think there's a very strong argument that he is susceptible to impeachment. There's lots of reasons why, but one of the biggest reasons why is that the Constitution provides two possible consequences that can come out of an impeachment trial. One is removal from office, and obviously Trump can't be removed from office because there is no office to remove him from right now. Um, but the other consequence is that someone can be permanently disqualified from ever being from ever holding office again. And so that's what's really at stake here is like, you know, it's not just some symbolic like let's all say that this guy was really bad now that he's gone. The question is whether there's going to be enough votes in the Senate to say he can never run again. He's disqualified from being the Republican candidate in 2024. And, you know, we can look forward to him cooling his, his heels in Florida for a while. So I'm sure that's probably going to be take up a lot of time in the trial. His side is going to argue that he's disqualified. I mean, it kind of doing it this way, doing it after the fact, uh, not that they had a choice, but it gives them an opportunity to make that argument, doesn't it? That's right. And and that's what I think is probably the real purpose of this argument, that it's somehow unconstitutional to move forward and with an impeachment of a former official, which is that it doesn't have to be right or not. It doesn't really matter what the scholars say. What matters is that if you're a Republican senator and you want to vote to acquit, but you don't want to go on record and say, well, I'm voting to acquit because I'm scared of Donald Trump or because what I think he did was fine or whatever. You now have an excuse and your excuse is you can say, oh, I think it is unconstitutional to convict a former official. And, you know, if, if, if you don't get the two thirds to convict, you need a two thirds supermajority to convict and a Senate can vote, a senator can vote not to convict for any reason, even for a made up reason. So, you know, that that might be enough to, to save Trump's hide here. That's interesting. Now I'm beginning to wonder if that was n not the strategy, you know, for Republicans to argue to postpone this just so they can make this argument. I, I felt like this thing should have just it should have just gone. They should have gone right into it. Frankly, that's me. I don't know how you feel about that, but I would have gone right into it. Yeah, I mean, I think realistically, it would have been very difficult to hold an impeachment trial before he left. So, you know, the, the, the timeline here is that on January 6th, you had the putsch at the Capitol and that and Trump's encouragement of that attack on the Capitol is what inspired the second impeachment. The vote to impeach him happened in the House one week later. And at that point, there was only you know, less than a week left, or I guess about exactly a week left in the Trump presidency. Um, and so, you know, potentially they could have moved, they, they, they could have moved a little faster. I mean, it didn't help that Mitch McConnell had, you know, the Senate was away and Mitch McConnell didn't take steps to bring the Senate back right away. But realistically, like, even if they had started the next day, even if they had started on January 16, I think it would have been difficult to, hold a trial in that period and to go through all those steps. And then, you know, and you have to bring in the chief justice if, and he has to, the chief justice has to preside if Trump is still president. And it would have been a lot to do it that quickly. You know, should they have done it quickly? Yeah, I think the Senate should have been brought back, but I don't know if it would have been possible to go through all the steps in just a few days. So is one of the arguments then 
to for this to happen after he's left. Also, the argument that the Constitution says removal and disqualification. Um, that that second um, punishment, so to speak, um, is what makes this plausible because that's another conviction. Right. Yeah. So the the, the textual argument is, is, is like you said, the Constitution says that someone who's impeached can be removed from office and they can also be disqualified. And so that, you know, because the Constitution explicitly says there's two possible punishments, that suggests that even if you can't remove someone, an impeachment trial could still move forward because there's also always this other punishment that, that could be on the table. Um, and then there's some other arguments why. There, there's an historical argument that the American impeachment power derives from the British impeachment power, the power that Parliament had to impeach um, British officials. And there are plenty of historical examples. In fact, while the Constitution was being written, British Parliament was actively in the middle of an impeachment trial against the former governor general of India. So under the British system, which we based our system on, it was legal to impeach and to move forward with an impeachment trial against against a former official. And then there's also just a practical argument, which is that if you can't impeach and convict a former official and then disqualify a former official, then it potentially nullifies the Congress's ability to disqualify someone. Because if I've been impeached and I'm like sitting watching the Senate vote and I'm like, oh, wait, they got 62 votes against me. They got 63 votes against me. They need 67. That number keeps counting up. At some point, I say, you know what? I'm going to resign at the very last minute. And now I'm a former official, so you can't impeach me anymore and you can't disqualify me. So there's just a practical argument that officials shouldn't be able to thwart the disqualification power in that. Yeah, way. yeah, by, by jumping out early. Um, what is not well known, but I'm sure is well known by you, public doesn't know, is that impeachment trials happen frequently, especially when it comes to judges and whatnot. They just aren't covered in the news. OK, they happen. Has there ever been a precedent, let's say, in a trial for a judge? Um, so, th- yeah. So there's been about I, I, this will be, I think, the 21st impeachment in American history. The, the last time an official was removed from office was Judge Thomas uh, Porteous. That was in 2010. So, I mean, fairly recently, you know, there's a lot of senators in office now who were there for that trial. Um, the one um, precedent I know of for something like this, where there's a former official, happened in the 1800s. Secretary of War William Belknap was impeached after he was um, after he resigned. Um, there was a bribery scandal. He left after the scandal emerged. He was impeached anyway. And then what happened in the Senate, I think, is a pretty unclear precedent. Because what happened is a majority of the Senate voted that, yes, this trial can be moved. This trial can move forward, even though um, he's left office. And a majority of the Senate voted to convict Belknap. But you need a two thirds supermajority to convict. And a core minority of senators said, we are not going to convict because we think that it is unconstitutional to convict a former official. 
So like there is that one precedent, but I think it cuts both ways. You know, do you say, well, a majority of the Senate said it's okay. And so we should respect what the majority says, or do you say, well, they didn't have enough votes to convict, even though that means that the precedent you're relying on is the precedent that was set by a tiny minority of the senators during the Belknap trial. Interesting. Um, but, you know, obviously, this is, these trials are political. You know, they don't right. run by the letter of the law as, a, as an average criminal trial. It, it just seems to me that even for senators who are Republicans, who are concerned about his wrath or whatever, this, the Democrats kind of did have done them a favor by creating an opportunity for them to vanquish him. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's deal with facts. He was not their golden child. He was not their first choice. He kind of took over the thing. And now they're all scurrying and beholden to him. Uh, You know, the the worst thing that could happen for the Republican Party would be would be for him to form this new party in. And it'll be a permanent split in the base and Democrats will win every election from now on. Now, that may be what I want. But it just seems to me that this is a gift handed to them to say, OK, we can't remove him, but we can disqualify him from running for office. Yeah, no, that that's right. I mean, I think, you know, that that is what the politics are, is that on the one hand, like if Trump is not disqualified, I mean, he's probably the front runner to be the Republican nominee in 2024. And Trump is is not a particularly strong presidential candidate. I mean, I mean, he he underperformed what the political scientists, political science fundamentals said that he should that a Republican candidate should have received in 2016. Um, A lot of world leaders actually got polling boosts out of um, the covid pandemic. Um, because there's this kind of a rally behind the flag effect that happens in the time of national crisis. Trump did not. Um, and so, you know, Trump is a weak presidential candidate. I mean, he, he could still potentially win in 2024. But if I'm if I want there to be a Republican president, I do not want Trump to be the nominee because he is more likely to lose than a replacement level Republican. And so, you know, Republican senators, you know, you would think that might be on their mind. The flip side, I think, is that a lot of them are just absolutely terrified of Trump and then they don't want him campaigning against him, against them and campaigning for their primary challengers. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the guy doesn't have any more social media. Right. The media is finally getting on board late in terms of jettisoning, jettisoning their fascination with him um, every minute of every day, so, so far. We hope that right. stays the case. So, I mean, that, that's that's really a hostage situation. If, if, and, and especially if, because let's, we can't, we're talking about the political consideration, but but what's the saying, Ian, the, the lawyer, about lawyers, I can't remember it. If, if the facts are against you, you argue, Oh, yeah. If the facts are against you, you argue the law. If the if the law is against you, you argue the facts. And if both are against you, you pound the table. Pound the table. Right. 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 Yeah. So, so I mean, this is what this. But but this is facts on top of facts. Right. You don't even need witnesses. Everybody in the world saw um, what happened on January sixth. I think yeah, you. I, I, 
a, a, a push. Didn't you? Did you call it a push? Yeah, well, a push. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was a violent uprising against the legitimate government of the United States. That's that's and, a Russian, that's a Russian word, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's a German word. I mean, oh, you, it is. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, but but anyways, like I mean, and not just did everyone witness it, but you know who really witnessed it? The senators. You know, you know, they they were they were the ones who were chased out by this mob that Trump encouraged. And so like, I mean, I don't know, like I, I'm not very good at thinking like a Republican senator, but if I were a Republican senator, I hope the way that I would think would be, you know, I don't actually know how the politics of this are going to play out. Like maybe if I vote to convict, then like nothing happens to me. Maybe I get primary challenged and I lose my seat. Maybe Trump is so toxic by the time that um, it, it, it comes time for me to run again, that I actually am a profile in courage and I'm more likely to win. Like, I don't know how the politics are going to play out, but I do know that, that, that this guy encouraged a mob to like potentially threaten my life. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, if, if it's me, like I am anti people threatening my life. I, <laughs> I, 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 I like I, I, I'm anti lynching generally and I am particularly against people lynching me. Yeah. So if, if someone tries to lynch me, I would want there to be a consequence for them. And if someone encourages a lynch mob, I would want there to be a consequence as well. Well, you know, but Ian, the thing about what you just said, if they were trying to lynch senators and other Republicans who had not who had yet to even have an impeachment trial. They don't need a, a vote on impeachment to try to lynch them. In other words, you know, even if they don't go through with this, what's to prevent that from happening again? Uh, and what's to prevent him from encouraging it uh, uh, again? And and could this not be? Because I think this was kind of the thing with Nixon. I, I mean, maybe it was unwritten. I mean, it was like it was sort of a plea deal. You resign, you get pardoned. Um that's another thing that I thought maybe should have happened. But in this case, couldn't they, it could be sort of a Pete Rose type situation in exchange for you agreeing to no longer run for office, you know, we'll table this thing. It'll go away. Now, I don't know what to make Trump keep his word, but, but couldn't they, couldn't there be sort of a plea bargain in a situation like this? Don't they really have the authority to handle this, the Senate any way they want to? I mean, I think the question is whether such an agreement would be enforceable, because like normally the way that plea bargains work is that there's a there, there are three parties involved. There's the prosecutor, there's the defendant, and then there's the court. And like after the prosecutor and the defendant reach an agreement about what that plea bargain is going to say, the court then enters an order and that's an enforceable order to make sure that everyone complies with the terms of that plea bargain. And I just don't know of a precedent for a plea bargain being used in the impeachment context. Um, so like, I, you know, I just don't know if that's something that, that, that could be on the table, but like to, to go back to your first question about what, I mean, there has to be a consequence here. Um, you know, I, 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 I began my career as a school teacher. And like one thing I was taught, um, you know, when I was learning to be a school teacher is that if a kid shows out on you, you need to nip that in the bud right away. 
you, you, you know, if, if you got a kid talking back to you, you, you know, like my, 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 my first day of class, I called a lot of people's parents after, you know, after the first day of school and just told them, look, like, you know, your kid was, uh, was, was up in here showing out and that's not allowed in my classroom. And like, they need to understand that. And right. that set the tone for the whole year. Now, the same rule that applies to the kid who talks without raising their hand or, you know, the kid who spits a spitball or something like that should also apply to a president of the United States that incites a violent mob. You know, know, like this shouldn't be hard. Like, you know, you know, the, the phrase you often hear in the criminal justice context is that punishment needs to be swift and certain. And, you know, for something like this, I mean, you can't necessarily make it incredibly swift because there's a process that, that, that needs to play out. But if Trump, I mean, I think a big reason why Trump did this is because he got away with it once. You know, there, there was a first impeachment trial where he tried to interfere with an election. Nothing happened to him. And if he continues to think that nothing will happen to him, he's going to continue to misbehave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, by the way, a push is German. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I was thinking Russian for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, this is this is very interesting. Um, yeah, it's also going to be interesting to see how the media covers this, um, whether this too inadvertently gives him um, another sort of platform um, to defend himself somehow. Uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see how this unfolds. I don't mind it either. I mean, you, you, sometimes you need things like this too, to to challenge the boundaries of the Constitution, or if there even are any boundaries. You know what's there. I think it's a, it's a worthwhile uh, exercise, not only for the reason you said for the punishment, um, but just to find out what really this democracy is is supposed to be about and what it's supposed to be, because um, you can't have people do that um you know just an insight and overthrow especially one based on a lie if we want to overthrow the government because of racism that's real right if if people even in had held a non-violent demonstration about not getting enough stimulus what could anybody have said these right. fools didn't even bring it up is is they didn't even go up there and say Hey, we mad at y'all about uh, the election. But you know, about hey, we didn't get a stimulus check either. They didn't even think about that. Because if they said that, people would have been like, well, wait a minute now. They, the, part of what they're saying makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but they, they were not even concerned about something real and tangible. And it also speaks to the, the role, the ever-growing role disinformation has in our society. Um, that we're not dealing with facts, we're dealing with disinformation. What? I I just don't even, even if those guys are afraid to do the two-thirds, I cannot see what a single senator could say in defense of Donald Trump at a trial, a Republican too. Yeah. I, I just, what can they say? Yeah, I mean, and, and for that reason, like, because the facts are so clear here, I mean, we, we all know what he said, we all saw what 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 the mob did, I suspect that this constitutional argument, this claim that it is unconstitutional to proceed with an impeachment trial against a former official, I think that's going to play a big role just because 
it's the best argument that Trump's defenders have. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, and it's not, I mean, I don't agree with it. I, I, I think that the weight of scholarship suggest and of history and the text of the constitution, you know, I, I think that the better argument is that a former official can be impeached, but it's not a frivolous argument. And, and, if all if you if if you don't care what the law says, if all you're looking for is an excuse to vote to acquit, you know this is a good excuse. Yeah, this will be very interesting. I know you'll be watching this very very closely. Now, do you also understand this is another interesting thing? The, the chief justice, is it true, is not presiding over this? That that's correct. Yeah, it was announced today that uh, Pat Leahy, the president pro tempore of the Senate, will preside, and I think that's right. So the hmm. con- the Constitution says that the Chief Justice shall preside over a impeachment of the president, but Joe Biden is the president. Donald Trump is not the president anymore. And so, like, if this had happened last week, if it happened before January twenty then Chief Justice Roberts would have presided. But if it's not the sitting president, then this is just like any other impeachment trial and it will be presided over by, you know, a senior senator. Mm, interesting, interesting. Well, we will see. And, and of course, we'll be watching this uh, very, very closely. All right. Uh, Ian Milheiser, folks, check him out at Vox. He is a prolific writer on the courts and the Constitution. And again, he knows his stuff. So check him out and follow him on Twitter as well. Thank you, as always, Ian. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.